Coming up this week, Tesla releases version 9 of full self-driving. Stellantis has an EV day. Mac is building electric garbage trucks and more. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 71 of the EV Resource Podcast. My name is Zach Hurst, and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and answers to your questions about electric vehicles. Before we get started with the news this week, I want to thank our podcast partner, Titan Auto and Tire in Mosley, Virginia, for their support. Titan is one of the very few independent shops in Central Virginia that are qualified to work on EVs, and from hybrids to Hummers, they fix everything. For more information and to schedule an appointment for your vehicle, go to TitanAutoTire.com. That's TitanAutoTire.com. Kicking off this week is a story about Rock, the Race of Champions, or ROC. Last year, Rock announced it would head to the north in Sweden, near the Arctic Circle, to hold an event on snow and ice on the frozen Baltic Sea. On Tuesday, organizers confirmed that the event at Pite Havsbad, and I probably butchered that, uh, it's a resort that would take place on f- the 5th and 6th of February next year and would be open to a limited number of spectators. Currently racing for the Apt Cupra XE in the Extreme E Series, Ekstrom will return to the event he won three times individually in 2006, 2007, and 2009. Ekstrom will join fellow Swede Johan Christofferson, father and son duo Peter and Oliver Solberg, Tom Christensen, and Travis Pastrana as the first confirmed drivers for the event, with more big names to be revealed in coming months. In addition to its new off-road format, which is a nod to its early Gran Canaria days, Rock has committed to making its first foray into Sweden sustainable, including the use of fossil-free biofuels and reintroducing electric cars. The event will feature the electric FIA RX2E rallycross car and Porsche's new 425-horsepower 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport and will also provide an electric fleet for the event organizers. Here's what Ekstrom had to say about the upcoming event. For me, it's very special that Race of Champions now for the first time will go uh, one to Sweden, but also on snow and ice, and that I have the opportunity to join and to do this and a little bit of a comeback is for sure also great. I will like always try and prepare as good as I can and uh, would need some driver training to get used to the cars and driving on the lake because still that requires a different technique than driving on tarmac. I know the competitors, especially the Solberg, Papa and Son, they will be very strong also Johan and Tom. So I do really expect that there will be a lot of uh, guys uh, who want to win the Nation Cup and the big title. But I can promise you, I will do my best to give them a hard time. Next, the everlasting promised two weeks from Elon Musk is over and full self-driving V9 is here. Tesla's latest version of the full self-driving driver assistance software is a major overhaul from the previous versions. So let's dive in. A credit to Tesla Raj on Twitter for the photos showing the following notes. Tesla says, full self-driving is in early limited access beta and must be used with additional caution. It may do the wrong thing at the worst time, so you must always keep your hands on the wheel and pay extra attention to the road. Do not become complacent. When full self-driving is enabled, your vehicle will make lane changes off-highway, select forks to follow your navigation route, navigate around other vehicles and objects, and make left and right turns. Use full self-driving in limited beta 
only if you pay constant attention to the road and be prepared to act immediately, especially around blind corners, crossing intersections, and narrow driving situations. The driving visualization has been improved to better support full self-driving capabilities. When full self-driving is engaged, the instrument panel will display an expanded visualization to show additional surrounding information. The apps on the left and right side of the instrument panel will be temporarily dismissed and the driving speed, autopilot availability, autopilot set speed, and detected speed will move to the bottom of the instrument panel. And here's a new one that uh, many people have been calling for and I would say is very important. The notes say, the cavern camera above your rear view mirror can now determine driver inattentiveness and provide you with audible alerts to remind you to keep your eyes on the road when autopilot is engaged. Camera images do not leave the vehicle itself, which means the system cannot save or transmit information unless you enable data sharing. And naturally, because Tesla chooses very specifically who's involved in the beta program, reports and videos shared to YouTube, Twitter, and others have been initially positive. Here's a little bit of what Eli Burton of My Tesla Adventure had to share in a recent YouTube video. Hey guys, Eli Burton here of My Tesla Adventure and your host of the Starman Report. Tonight, I am bringing you a first look at FSD beta version 9. All right, here we go. It's been smooth so far. Okay, we're getting ready to come up to a left turn here. Ooh, this one is not at a stoplight. This is an unprotected left, so let's see how this does. Hey, look at that. Dang, that was great. Here we go, this is right where I told it to stop. All right, I've got to say, I my expectations were not overly high for this because Elon on Twitter kind of warned, he hedged saying, hey, just remember it's a beta in one of his tweets earlier this week. And I got to say, this, this exceeded my expectations. My initial experience here with this is it has definitely got some smoothness that is more better than what they had in version 8.3. And I'm going to go do some tests now in some areas that I know that it used to fail and see how it does to validate it. But this definitely seems like an improvement for the last version. And I'm, I'm impressed. Great job, Elon. Great job, Team Tesla. You guys had to do quite a bit of work to remove the role of radar. And it seems like the performance is better off for it. So I think everybody who doubted is going to be very pleasantly surprised how well this Tesla-only vision works. Next, automaker Stellantis, the mega automaker formed by the partnership of FCA, which is Fiat Chrysler America, and Peugeot, announced some massive EV plans in a two-and-a-half-hour presentation that they called Stellantis EV Day. Now, I won't go into all the details naturally because, well, first of all, this is not a two-and-a-half-hour-long podcast. Um, but secondly, there was a lot that you could kind of gloss over. Uh, but... I want to point out a few highlights that stood out to me. They plan on introducing four new EV platforms, each named Stella or S-T-L-A. The Stella small platform for efficiency and small cars for city mobility. Stella medium for premium vehicles. Stella large for all-wheel drive and American muscle. And I'll come back to that one. 
and Stella Frame for their trucks and Ram brand. Stellantis says that they will be making their own batteries in-house and have been working on solid-state solid state technology, which if you're an automaker that won't be making your own batteries at this point, you probably won't be an automaker for long. That is a must in the coming future. But let's get back to that American muscle for a second. And you may be asking yourself, just as I did, how in the world will Dodge, which is a Stellantis brand that is defined by American muscle, uh, a brand that introduced the most powerful screaming V8s and supercharger wine with rear-wheel drive burnouts, how will they make electric cars? And well, if you ask them, they won't. Now you're probably even more confused, and that's okay, because I was too. They say they are not going to build electric cars. They're going to build battery electric muscle cars. Dodge will not sell electric cars. Dodge will sell American muscle. There. Aren't you happy I cleared that one up? And to me, it actually sounds like the marketing department is struggling to balance the brilliance and power of electric drivetrains, but then also convince their buyers to give up the addiction to fossil fuels without actually talking about it. Avoidance. And will it work? Well, I don't know. But let's see what you think about this teaser video that they put out showing a concept or potential concept electric vehicle doing a four-wheel burnout and some of the things that they had to say about this shift that they're making. Hold on a minute. Did we hear that right? Dodge is making an electric car? We're talking hypothetical, right? Surely you jest. Dodge? You mean the people who devised the legendary 426 Hemi and sunk it into a sublime missile? You mean the Dodge that created the Hellcat Red Eye and the most powerful muscle car in the world? Makers of the 840 horsepower wheel standing demon? Why on God's green earth would Dodge ever build an electric car? Anybody? Any thoughts out there? Hello? And if you guys are listening to the audio-only version of the podcast, uh, you will not have seen the words they put in that video. They say, performance made them do it. So, they're not making electric cars, but they are making electric cars, but they're going to be battery electric, um, all-American muscle cars. Um, Yeah. And the last story I have for you this week is about Mac, the truck maker. They are making electric garbage trucks. Green Car Reports shares the New York City Department of Transportation will purchase seven Mac long or LR. I'm assuming that's long range. I actually don't know. Uh, but Mac LR electric garbage trucks. Mac announced at the recent Waste Expo 2021 trade show. However, it's only a small step forward eliminating carbon emissions from New York's 6,000 vehicle fleet. The order follows delivery of the demonstrator model to them in September of 2020, according to a Mac press release, which added that Mac trucks make up the most make up most of the agency's current fleet. 
The Department of Sanitation for New York hopes to eliminate its greenhouse gas emissions by 2040, Deputy Commission for Support Services Rocco DeRico said in a statement. And Mac first rolled out these big, heavy municipal vehicles in a prototype form in 2019. The demonstrator model supplied to New York has two electric motors with a combined output of 448 horsepower and get this, 4,051 pound-feet of torque and a two-speed transmission. Three-phase regenerative braking accounts for the increased load as the truck makes stops throughout the day, according to Mac. It uses a 600-volt lithium-ion battery pack with nickel-manganese-cobalt oxide, or NMC, chemistry. And Mac isn't the only company develop, uh, developing electric trucks, but it is the first to deliver a significant number of production vehicles in the U.S., Nikola, if you remember them, they've been quiet recently. They had previously announced a shocking order for 2,500 battery electric trucks from the waste disposal company Republic Services last August. But naturally, at this point, that uh, deal has been dissolved. But now Republic Services is testing the Mac electric truck, according to a report from industry trade journal Freight Waves. So... This is one of the things that is, maybe it's not the most exciting uh, segment of transportation to transition to electrification. But if you think about it, this could be a, a relief to people that don't want to be woken up by the loud garbage truck rumbling down their street in the early hours of the morning. Um, I'm not one of them. I actually appreciate hearing the garbage truck because it reminds me to run outside quickly to put the <laughs> trash cans out on the road before it actually gets to my house. But either way. This is a good move. So that's all I have for you in the news this week. So let's move on to our weekly Q&A. The weekly Q&A is brought to you by Charged Future EV Consultancy. If you or someone you know is interested in an EV or getting charging installed at a business, reach out to Daria and he'll help determine the best path forward. Mention that you heard about Charged Future here on this podcast for a 10% discount on any build services. The initial consultation is free, however, so head over to chargedfuture.com to get started. And last week's question, or last month's question really at this point, uh, was what's the most fun you've had in an EV? And apparently nobody liked that one. Uh, I didn't really get any answers. So I suppose we'll just skip it instead of repeating it and move on to a new question. And that one is, what is the most important place for DC fast charging and how fast should they actually be? Is 150 kilowatts fast enough or do we need faster than that even? And things to consider are people that cannot charge at home, they cannot charge at work, they can't charge overnight on level two. So should DC fast chargers kind of integrate into uh, society in a similar way that the gas station does where you just go and you plug in, you refill maybe once or twice a week? Something to think about. So. What is the most important place for DC fast charging and how fast should they actually be? That's the question. Submit your answers via email to hello at ev-resource.com or reply to the social media post that hopefully I'll get out today. Maybe. <laughs> I've been bad on that. I admit it. But once it's there, feel free to reply and I will read them out on next week's podcast. So that's your show for this week. I did have a chance to get back out on track at Dominion Raceway. So if you're interested in seeing that video, it'll be up here for you. Um, or you can just search on YouTube, 
the uh, Spark EV Hot Lap. There's currently two ones, um, two videos, that is. And uh, the first one, of course, is when I ran in the wet. But this time in the dry, uh, I won't give it away, but the times were quite, quite improved. So uh, check that out. That's pretty much all I have with, uh, for this week. So thank you so much for watching and listening. Please share this podcast with your friends or anybody interested in electric vehicles. As always, a big shout out to our Patreon executive producers, Rajiv Narayan and Greg Fuller. If you want to support my efforts with EV Resource, you can check us out there at patreon.com slash EV Resource. I do invite your feedback for the podcast. Anything good, bad, ugly, otherwise, I don't care. Uh, let me know what you think. Email me at hello at ev-resource.com for that. Or you can always leave a comment on the YouTube video. And don't forget to subscribe. That way you'll get all the future shows delivered to you automatically. If you want to listen to any of the previous podcast shows audio only, you can find them on our webpage under the podcast section and on many of the major podcast platforms. So thank you all for being with me and I'll catch you next week.